0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. Glad that you're here this morning. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. For those of you that... Uh, are not Bible scholars, it's easy to find. It's the last book of the Bible right before you hit the Concordance Boulevard. Last book of the Bible. I want us to to look this morning at Revelation chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3. I really... Uh, debated on starting this this morning, but I just, uh, it's, it's been on my mind, on my heart. It's all I've been looking at over the past several weeks, and so I, I just really felt like, especially since we missed our start Wednesday night, we're going to start it today, and we're going to be kind of sprinkling this in. I'm not going to say that I will be preaching uh, on the book of Revelation on Sunday morning, but I might, okay? Uh, it just depends on how Holy Spirit leads, but, but Lord's willing, we will be looking at it on, on Wednesday night, and we'll be going through uh, the book of Revelation on Wednesday night. And so I'm looking forward to that, and uh, just be praying with us in that, that God will guide us and, and direct our steps as we uh, go into this book. Many are afraid of the book of Revelation because they say it's, it's confusing. Uh, others say, well, I, I'm, I don't want to go in the book of Revelation because it's depressing, and every time I read it, I get depressed. And, and others uh, just, just say that you know, they can't seem to see anything that, that, uh, that pertains to today, believe it or not. But uh, it, is, it is not a book. That will depress you if you understand who you are in Christ. All right, uh, it is it is uh, difficult uh, because of all the symbolism and and all the the visions and things like that. Uh, it can be uh, difficult to understand, but so many times when it comes to the Book of Revelation, people. People go into it as being, I'm not going to be able to understand it. And when they get in it, they try to they try to figure things out. And sometimes you just gotta accept things by faith and move on. But we're gonna we're gonna uh, get into it, and I know that God's gonna move and He's gonna give us some some revelation and wisdom uh, for ourselves. Revelation chapter one beginning with verse 1, going down through verse 3. is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. I just want to simply give this message a title, and I didn't have one to start with. It just came and I just want to title this message, Get Ready. Get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, Are you ready? Look at your other neighbor and say, Get ready. All right? Get ready. Because like it or not, Jesus is coming. All right? Might be today, could be tomorrow tomorrow could be the next day we don't know but jesus is coming that well i'm going to get ahead of myself so anyway father we thank you for your word we thank you today for the revelation of jesus christ thank you today that we are able to read it with understanding read it and gain perspective from it i pray today that as we speak Lord, let your word penetrate the hearts of men and women, not only in this sanctuary, but those that are listening to us through live stream and social media. I pray, God, let your word touch our hearts. Draw us to your side. Pull us to yourself, Lord, that we can hear the heartbeat of heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I think it's important to understand that this is not the revelation of John, but it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, it is not the only revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus has revealed himself to us in many ways. But this book, the book of Revelation, is is set apart from all others because it is it is the direct revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus had something specific that he wanted to say to not only the, the Christians and the people of that time, but I believe to us in the year 2020. It is a word that Jesus spoke. And I, I, when I read the book of Revelation, I can't help but think, of Jesus in John chapter fourteen, uh, beginning with verse one, uh, because when he was standing there before his disciples, uh, let me pin right there, and, and let me let me kind of give you something. You know, every once in a while I have to take a, a little trip or something and have to be gone for for several hours or even several days, and and every time I do that, every time that comes up, I find myself worrying about if everything's going to be all right at the house. I, I worry about my wife. Is she going to be able, you know, to cook without me? And, uh, you know, who's going to iron her clothes? No, I'm just, she's in a back, so I can say stuff like that. But, but I worry about my family. I worry when I'm not there at night to make sure everything is closed up and locked up and I worry uh if something happens and so I'm always before I leave I'm trying to to go down that mental checklist to make sure that they don't have to worry about anything that all is taken care of. Why do I do that? Because I'm a father and I'm a daddy that loves my family and I love my wife and my children and I want the best for them and I want to make sure that they're taken care of. So now we jump back to the pen that I left in John chapter 14. Jesus is standing before his disciples and he is uh, now very close to the cross. Uh, He is coming uh, real close to the time when when he will give himself on the cross of Calvary for the, the sins of the entire world. And he's standing there, and he knows, uh, I believe that he can feel that his disciples are sensing it. They're sensing something is about to happen, something that's going to be uh, life-changing. And he sees the worry the stress maybe, and the anxiety that his disciples are feeling. And because he is a father that loves those who have been given to him, he, he stops and he takes the time to speak some words to them that bring comfort and hope and security to them. And he says these words. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Because you believe in God, believe also in me. Because in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where I go, you can come also. And he said, don't worry about it. He said, don't get stressed out about it, because I'm gonna leave, but but where I'm going, you can, you can come as well. I'm, I'm just I'm leaving and 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 I'm gonna make sure that I come back and receive you to myself. He did that because he is a father, because he is a loving father. Heavenly Father, that He loves His children and He wants to see them blessed. And so as we look into this revelation of Jesus Christ, I want us this morning to get some things out of it that will let us know that, that, that Jesus didn't just exit earth and leave us unattended to. As you look in the book of Revelation... Uh, the the Greek word for revelation is apocalypsis. It means an unveiling or a disclosing of a reality that has previously not been known. So when you think about the book of Revelation, it is it is the revealing or the uncovering of things that have not yet been known to man. So as we... Look at this apocalyptic book. It is, it is literally Jesus pulling back the cover and revealing to his servant John things that are going to be in the future, things that were then, things that are going to be, and things that are, that are coming down the road. I, I chose just one thing today that I want to... The, the book of Revelation has many different uh, symbols and, and things like that. It also uses numbers in a, in a very unique way. And uh, we can see that even in verses 1 through 3. I want you to notice something. Uh, the number 3 and how it's used in these verses that we just read. I heard one man say, it's kind of like a dance. One, two, three. One, two, three. It, 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 it sets a rhythm uh, for this entire book. And so I want us to look, if you look in uh, verses one through three, look at verse one and notice this. We can see the, the trinity or the triune God represented in verse 1. I'm going to just kind of give you a little teaching here, and then we're going uh, to make our way into some preaching. But in verse 1, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show to his servants, things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Notice this God gave. God gave. And notice the second one He gave it to the Son. The Son made it known. John bore witness. So you see the three, three things there. God gave. He gave uh, to Jesus. The Son made it known to the angel, and the angel made it known to John, and John bore witness of it. What did they bear witness of? Let's look at this. Look at uh, verse 2. Who bore record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. Look at that. What did, he bear witness? what did John bear witness of? He bore record of the word of God. And the testimony of Jesus Christ. Number three, to all things that he saw. So we've already seen God gave, the Son made it known. John bore witness of what the Son made known to him. What did he bear witness of? He bore record of the word of God the testimony of Jesus Christ and to all things that he saw. All right? You go on down in verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. In verse 3, we see the first of the uh, the book of Revelation has Seven Beatitudes, or Blesseds listed in it. And we see the first one, where uh, John recorded, he said, uh, Blessed is he who reads this book. Blessed is he who reads this book. I want to challenge you today, especially those of you that that will be coming in here on Wednesday night, I want to challenge you to do this uh, during the week next week. The book of Revelation is one uh, one book that is it is specifically spoken or uh, specifically said to be read out loud. Now I read the Word of God out loud quite often, but notice what John said: "Blessed is he who reads," and and that. Uh, That statement is letting us know that the book of Revelation was meant to be read aloud. I almost did it today. I almost came in this morning and said, look, we're going to read the book of Revelation or we're going to start reading the book of Revelation out loud. That's what it was meant to uh, be done, is to be read out loud. Notice this, that John said, blessed. Is he who reads. So understand that we as Christians, when we read this book out loud, there is a blessing that will follow it. This book is not about your destruction, it is not about your failure, it is about your blessing. When you read the book of Revelation out loud, you are reading a blessing. Notice this. So that was the first. And and those who hear the words of this prophecy... When I read uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John who bore record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth. I got my blessing. And he that hear the words of this prophecy. You got your blessing. And then the third one is, those who keep the things that are written therein. There's a blessing in reading, there's a blessing in hearing, and there's a blessing in keeping. Might I say that the keeping part is is one of the important things that you and I need to recognize. You cannot get... God and going about your business and never serve him, never love him, never worship him, and expect a blessing, all right? The blessing is in the keeping. So blessed is he who reads, he who hears, and he who keeps the words that are written in this book. So I just wanted to give you, in those three verses, there are three different areas where we see a rhythm of three things mentioned. It is important when you study this book as if any book to recognize the rhythm that is in Scripture, all right? So, we understand that uh, the book is meant to be read out loud. Now, I don't know about you, but during this time that we're in this book, I'm going to read the entire book of Revelation out loud. I'm going to do it in my house, I'm going to do it in my prayer time because I believe there's a blessing there. all right. So what is the source? let's, let's look at the source of, of of the revelation. God gave it to the son. The father gave it to the son. The son then gave it to an angel or a messenger. And that's not unusual. In the Bible, you can see all throughout the Bible where God used an angel to deliver a message to his people. This messenger delivered the revelation to John who wrote it down on the Isle of Patmos. So that's just a brief introduction to the book of Revelation. Revelation. But I want to draw your attention to two very important statements that are mentioned in these three verses or these two of these verses. Revelation 1:1, 1, 1, it, it talks about things which must shortly take place. In Revelation one and verse three, John the Revelator wrote these words. He said, Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Two statements, things which must shortly take place, and for the time is near. Now John wrote what he was given thousands of years ago. And at the time that he was writing it, he truly believed that it could be any moment that Jesus would come back. He truly believed that, that the coming, the second coming of the Son of God was very, very close. That was thousands of years ago. That was decades ago. And here we are this morning in the year 2020, and I'm telling you that I believe that the coming of Jesus Christ is very shortly to take place. I'm telling you that I believe that the time is near. I bl- I'm telling you that I have never ever witnessed any more than I have over the past few years of prophetic words being fulfilled of of the time of the return of Christ getting closer and closer. So is that depressing to you? If it is depressing to you, then check what your priorities are. Because if you've got priority on the Dow Jones and and, uh, the, the stock exchange and all of that, if your priority is in your house or in the car that you drive, then, friend, this message might need to challenge you to change those priorities. Because when I read the Word of God and I recognize that the coming of Jesus Draweth near. It brings an excitement in my spirit because I know that I'm not, I am not forsaken. I am not uh, replacing his coming with something on earth, but I am exchanging this temporary down here for something that is eternal in heaven. I am laying down this that rust and the moth can eat up and mess up for something that the rust and moth cannot touch in heaven. I am laying down an old body that aches and pains cover it many times to take up one that is incorruptible by the power of God that I can stand in the midst of heaven before the throne of Almighty God and there will never be another tear shed. There will never be another loved one lost. There will never be another storm to come through my life. I am laying all of this down and I do so with joy. I do so with gladness knowing that I am going to receive and inherit something that is out of this world. I remember so many times watching my dad as he would preach and as he would talk to people and that hand would begin to shake and he would begin to get in the spirit and he would look and he would say, one of these days I'm going to go from where to where this glory is coming from. One of these days we're going to go where the glory is coming from. One of these days we're going to go to the fountainhead from where all the blessings have been flowing and we're going to get to stand. And, oh my goodness, i gotta, I got to get a grip. Listen, these, this, these statements that John the Revelator recorded uh, uh, as he was given this revelation are not meant to let us or to give us a precise historical timeline uh, of when Jesus is going to return been been many people that have fallen into that and they they predicted that this is the time when Jesus is coming back and uh and and all of that and and it's been proved to be wrong over and over again but what this message is meant to do for us ladies and gentlemen is that when we read it it will draw us to a place of obedience Draw us to a place of recognizing that we have a future that is bright. Things which must shortly take place and the time is near. And we look all throughout the book of Revelation uh, that, that this was mentioned. Uh, when Jesus was speaking uh, to the churches of, of uh, Asia in chapter 2. He spoke to the church of Ephesus, which was the church that had lost its first love. And he he told them, he said, I will come to you quickly. And he spoke to the the compromising church of Pergamos that had compromised. He spoke to them and he said, I will come to you quickly quickly. He spoke to the church of Philadelphia, which was considered a faithful church, and he told them, he said, Behold, I am coming quickly. And and then he said in uh, Revelation 22, I think it is, he said, These sayings are faithful and true. Uh, The Lord God of the Holy Prophet sent his angel to show to his servants the things which must shortly be. Be done, and then he said, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of this prophecy of this book. Surely I am coming quickly. That's in Revelation chapter 22. So it lets us know that there's a theme there, and and listen, uh, it's as if. Jesus, like I told you in John chapter 14, it's as if Jesus is is saying and encouraging us in the final verses of of, uh, chapter 22 that I just talked about, the closing lines of the book of Revelation. In the midst of these things, in the midst of all these things, be encouraged, be strong, don't lose sight of this promise. Surely I am coming quickly. In other words, Jesus began the revelation in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and he said these things are going to shortly come to pass Uh, These things are going to happen quickly. And then he went through the book, and at the end of the book in in Revelation 22, he closed out. And the the next to the last verse of, of your Bible, Jesus said, Behold, I am going to come quickly. And what he was saying was this. Understand this, ladies and gentlemen, that in the midst of all your trials, in the midst of the pandemics, in the midst of all uh, of the uh, the struggles and the tribulation that you find yourself walking through. And let me uh, uh, preface with this. It is not going to get much better. There's going to be a revival, I believe, but I believe revival is going to come because fire is going to burn and revival is going to come because of fire. So recognize this, ladies and gentlemen. There's a wave of evil that is sweeping this nation. It is sweeping this nation like we've never seen before. Lawlessness and all of those things are rising up. Why is it that now we can look even in our government and politicians are standing up and doing things that are contrary to what you and I believe in and all of that? Why is it that that the 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 wave of abortion is not decreasing but it's increasing why is it that we see that lawlessness is sweeping our nation and all of that it's because jesus is getting ready to return to this earth but can i tell you this much that in the midst of all of that in the midst of all your battles in the midst of all your struggles in the midst of all your tears your pain and your depression and all of that stuff lift up your eyes and recognize that Jesus closed it out by these words I am coming quickly I am coming back I'm not going to leave you listen he is not he is greater than the one that said I'll be back he is greater than the one who said I'll do that but Jesus said I'm coming back I'm coming back Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 Paul admonished the people of Galatia. He said, don't get weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. My assignment this morning is not to discourage you, but to encourage you. My assignment this morning is to let you know there is one who is greater than all the struggles that you're going to face. Hold on to him. Hold on. Lock your hands around the altar of heaven and refuse to back down and refuse to move. This is not the time to compromise. It is not the time to back up on your belief. It is not the time to bow down down to all the political correctness that's going on it is a time to stand up and stand in the middle of the tide of evil and lift up your hands and say i will not be moved i will not be shaken i will not be uh changed by all the things that's going on around me this is not the time to try to figure out if we can get away with doing this It is not the time to get just as close to the world as you can get. As a matter of fact, it is a time for us to get further and further away from the world. Listen, I I was looking at this, and just this morning, Holy Spirit began to, to deal with my heart. And he said, many have Equated the blessing of heaven with the possessions that they're able to have in their hand. He said, Many have said, I am blessed because I have got a, a nice home, and that is great. Many have said, I am blessed of God because I've got money in the bank. But God said, Son, I want you to know that those are benefits of the benefit. Those are not a sign necessarily of my blessing on someone's life. He said, the sign of my blessing on an individual's life is that they know who their God is. He said, son, the the sign of my blessing on a person's life is, and he led me to Psalm 103, where the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And he asked me the question. He said, what is the benefits of my blessing? And as I just began to quickly scan those first few verses, I found that one of the great benefits of the blessing of God is the knowledge that I am forgiven. That's in Psalm 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, who has forgiven me of all of my iniquities. The second thing that is a benefit and a blessing from God is said, he said he has healed me of all of my diseases. The third thing was that he redeemed my life from destruction. These are the benefits of the blessing of God on your life. The other thing was that he has crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. The other one is that he has satisfied my mouth with good things. And the final one is that he has renewed and is renewing my strength like the eagles. Those are the benefits of knowing this man called Jesus. The benefit of the benefit is when I'm able to have a nice home, a nice car, money in the bank. That is the benefit of the benefit. But listen, you can possess all of that and not have the benefit. You can possess a nice home, nice car, and all of that, and everything is lovely in your life as far as material things go, but that doesn't mean that you have the benefit. But you cannot possess the benefit without being forgiven. You cannot possess the benefit without walking in wholeness. You cannot possess the benefit without having your mouth satisfied with good things. That's not a million dollars in a bank. It just simply means that I can walk through the fires of hell and I can eat. I can, I can enjoy it because I've got joy inside of me that the world didn't give and the world can't take it away. Holy Spirit reminded me of this story in the book of Luke, chapter 12, beginning with verse 16. The Bible says that Jesus spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And the rich man said, I will say to my soul, Soul, I skip down to verse 19. The rich man said, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods. Laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, "Thou fool! This night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then those who shall, then whose shall those things be, which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God." Listen, I've, I've said this before. Uh, over the past several weeks, for the past few months, God has been turning me in uh, an unusual direction as far as I'm concerned. It's not comfortable. It is not one that, that I would readily choose. But God has been turning me in, in, in a direction. And he's been telling me and and warning me and cautioning me and bringing the burden in my spirit. Listen, there is nothing like having a burden from the from the word of God, a burden from God resting on your chest. And God has been turning me in a direction. He's been challenging me and, and, and calling me uh, to begin to to preach messages that sometimes some might perceive them as being hard and some might perceive them as being too direct and, and, and things like that. But God is challenging me to challenge the body to get ready. Listen, light shines its darkest. I mean, light shines its brightest in the darkest of times. And God has been challenging me to speak to the church and to speak to people, challenging them. Listen, lay down those things that have been holding you down. Lay down those things, those things, Pets, those skeletons in the closet. Get rid of those things and recognize that Jesus is coming soon. And listen, that understand this: that you might be the only light that somebody will ever see. You might be the only mouth of of hope that somebody will ever hear. It is time to quit. Listen. Notice what this man had done. He. He was blessed materially. He was prospered materially. And and the Bible says that because of his prospering materially, he said to himself, I've, I've got so much. I'm going to have to tear down my little barns and I'm going to have to build bigger barns so that I can store all of my increase. And... The Bible says that he did that and he said, I've got enough stuff now laid up for many years and I can sit back and and I can take my ease and I can eat and drink and relax and not worry about anything. And all of that is great. All of that is fine. Listen, I look forward uh, to being able to pull that lever on my recliner and just lay back and relax and all that. But understand this, that that he did all of that, but he was void of one thing. And that is he was void of the richness of knowing God. Jesus Christ. And so, with all the blessing and with all the ease and with all uh, of the comfort that he said, I can now enjoy, Jesus stepped right in the middle of that and said, Look, you don't recognize you are foolish because you don't know that tonight your soul is going to be required of you. In other words, what Jesus said is that tonight you're going to leave this earth and step into eternity. And the greatest thing that you can possess is the fact that you know that you're rich in spirit. Listen, there have been people that I've known that didn't have a dime, they didn't have two nickels to rub together, but to sit and talk with them would make me uh, bow my head and say oh God help me to get to where they are because they had a joy on the inside they had a peace inside they had a love for people and a love for the Lord that was unimaginable but listen I've sat down and talked with people that look at them and I would think they've got everything they need and they would sit there with tears running down their face and say you know what pastor I've got all I need. I've got money in the bank. I've got friends and all of that, but I'm still not happy. There's a void on the inside of my life. And what Jesus said to this rich young fool was that you've got all of these things, but you don't have me. And tonight, tonight your soul is going to be required of you. In other words, you will never see a hearse with a trailer hitch on behind behind it. And more than that, you'll never see a U-Haul attached to a hearse because you can't take it with you. If you can't take it with you, then why in the world do I put so much emphasis on what I cannot take with me? Amen, oh me, oh my. Oh, it's getting quiet. I'm going to move on. Listen, it is important to recognize, ladies and gentlemen, that we not be distracted. That we not be distracted in this time that we're living in. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, and verse 36 he said but of that day and hour knows no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only but as the days of noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be for as for as in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Catch that, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to remind you of what Revelation 1, 1 through 3 talks about. These things are going to happen quickly. They must shortly come to pass. Jesus used this illustration of Noah, which lets us know that the flood actually took place, and there was actually a man called Noah who built an ark for the saving of his family. But Jesus said, as in the days of Noah... In the days of Noah, there was apparently a lot of unconcernedness, a lot of evil, a lot of sin going on, and all of that. And God had said to Noah, I want you to build this ark. And Noah was in the process of building the ark. With every board and with every wooden peg that was used to piece this ark together was the message, repent, because Your time is drawing nigh. Every time there was a new piece of lumber or beam that was hewed out for that ark, it was a message to those around, God is going to judge this earth. But the Bible says, unfortunately, that nobody but Noah's family were in on what God was doing. And more than likely, there were those that would look and go by the ark as it was being built, and they would hear the sound of the pegs being hammered into the beams, and they would laugh at old Noah, that crazy old Noah, that old-fashioned old Noah. What is he doing, building something when we've never even seen it rain? And they did this for day after day after day. In other words... Day after day, God was preaching a message to them when Noah was building the ark. Think about that. As Noah reached down to the final stages of the preparation of the ark, the Bible says that he took slime and and pitch and covered the ark as a sealant the ark and every time that Noah would reach down with his hand and grab a handful of that slime and throw it up on the side of that ark and it would splatter on that ark and he would rub it into the wood it was a message get ready because your time is drawing nigh but the Bible said Jesus said that just as it was in Noah's day it's going to be in this day that is the reason that so many people will turn a deaf ear when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ but recognize this ladies and gentlemen that you my goodness you are an ark that is walking down the streets of your city you are an ark that is walking down the aisles of Walmart you are an ark that is sitting in your living room on your Facebook on your tweet and all of that you are an ark and every time that you mention the word of God you are saying Jesus is coming soon but there are those that will look and say that is crazy that is nonsense it's been talked about for thousands of years and still hasn't happened but mark it down don't let it discourage you just keep building the ark because the Bible says that Noah built the ark for the saving of his family y'all gotta quit saying amen because every time you say amen I get another rabbit trail and and I'm going off over here But, but know this that Jesus said, it like it was in Noah's time, it will be in this time. People are, are marrying and giving in marriage. And listen, that doesn't mean marrying and giving in marriage is wrong. As a father, you weep over it, and sometimes you rejoice over it. All right? That was a dead end street that I turned on. I'm coming. I'm, I'm backing up. Okay, but understand what Jesus—the point that Jesus was trying to get across to, to those who read the Word of God—is that before the coming of the Son of Man, there's going to be a spirit of unconcernedness in the lives of people. They're going to be going about their daily task and their daily duties and all of this and but notice what Jesus said. Jesus said in verse 39 of, of Matthew chapter 24 that they knew not. In other words, that word new means that they didn't have knowledge. It is knowledge that they refused to receive. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away listen Jesus is coming soon he's coming soon but pastor he's coming soon but what about I remember my girls used to look at me and and they would say dad dad you need to pray that Jesus doesn't come because I want to get married. And I said, Jesus, please don't come. And then they would say, Dad, we need to pray because I want to have children. But, but I want you to get this understanding. And, it, and it's almost... Beyond, it is beyond this southern mind's ability to put it in words, but imagine a place that is perfection exponentially. Do you want to go there? I I want to go there. Listen to this, and I'm going to close with this. Man, I left my phone down there. I want to close with these words. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13, it is the hall, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of fame of faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13, the writer of Hebrews was talking about Abraham and Noah and Enoch and those great, great men of faith. And he said these words, and I think it's something that can encourage you, perhaps, wherever you might be this morning. He said, these all died in faith. These all died in faith. Notice this, not having received the promises. In other words, Abraham died and never received the promise that he was pursuing, but he died in faith. But having seen them afar off and was persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Here's the thing, guys, that we need to recognize this morning. There is nothing that excites me more than to see an altar filled with people that are getting breakthroughs in their relationship with God. There is nothing that excites me more than to be able to pray for people and see with my eyes the power of God work in their lives. To see tears begin to flow, to see the dance of joy begin to happen, to see them laid out on the floor under the power of God, that excites me. And I love to see that. And I believe that, I believe that we're going to see that more and more But I want to tell you something. I believe that what, and I started this a while ago, but I believe that what God is doing is He's bringing people back to a place that He's posing the question before us wherein does your faith lie? What is your faith built on? What is your relationship built on? Do you come to church and think that, well, we didn't have good service today because nobody laid out on the floor? Do you come to church and you think, well, service was kind of dead today because nobody gave a message in tongues and there was no interpretation? God wasn't there. Do you come to church and you think, well, the worship team, uh, it was a dead service today because uh, Sister Natalie didn't get her happy dance going and... uh, uh, Autumn didn't prophesy and Sister Sandy didn't cry and, and, and all of that. It was just kind of dead today. See, I, I'm being real. I'm being real. Because here's the thing that I believe that God is saying. If you can come to church and sit there and receive the word of God and know who you are in me, that is the greatest blessing that one could receive. It is that, it is that, that when you get up and walk out of this church and when you get by yourself, Sister Natalie doing her happy dance, Autumn prophesying, Sister Sandy crying and and all of that. When you get by yourself, that's not going to restore you. That's not going to revive you. But what will revive you and what will keep you is the understanding that you know that you know that I am a child of God. If I go to church and I get a little shaking, that's fine. If I go to church and there's no shaking going on, I am glad because I know who I am as a man of God or a woman of God. You see, I believe that that's what God is saying. I want to bring the church back to an understanding of who you are. And if you know who you are are in me he said you will rejoice whether there's plenty or whether there's little you'll rejoice in the drought as well as you will rejoice in the flood of rain you'll understand that that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and it won't matter and what will happen in that is that I begin to walk around with this understanding in me that I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart I've got an anointing in my life that doesn't matter if somebody lays hands on me doesn't matter if you prophesy over me I don't need all of that right now because I already know who I am and what happens is that I begin to walk as a living revival I begin to walk as a living uh, epistle of the word of God that wherever I go the anointing is there because I don't need a song I don't need a drummer I don't need a guitarist I don't need a prophet I don't need an apostle because I've got everything that I need on the inside and because of that I go wherever I go revival goes with me do you understand what I'm saying catch this catch this in order for that to happen there are three things here and you might already know this But there are three things that you need to be assured of in your relationship with God. And it's the same three things that Abraham, Noah, and all of those who died not receiving the promise. Did you think about this? Think about it. That it is very distinctly possible that some of you that are sitting here today will be walking around on this earth. When the trumpet sounds Can you think, think about that That's pretty awesome stuff They all died not receiving the promise But here's the thing Number one They were persuaded That what God had said was true They were persuaded of the promise. Are you persuaded today? Are you persuaded? The second thing is they embraced the promise. In other words, they grabbed a hold of what the word of God says, and they did not let it go. They embraced the promise The third thing that they did is they confessed with their mouths the word of God, the promise of God. You see, it's those three things that will take you through the difficulties that you will face in your life. To be persuaded, to have the assurance That God, I believe your word. I believe every piece of it. And I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to speak it with my mouth. Mom and Dad, can I encourage you this morning? Be persuaded of the promises of God, embrace those promises, but quit being silent. In your house. Stop allowing Disney World, Netflix, Oprah, and all the others to dictate the mood and the environment in your house. Stand up in front of that smart TV. Click it off and say, I am going to confess the word of God over my home. Listen, we shut Netflix and Disney down at our house a couple weeks ago. And did everybody laugh about it? No, they didn't. (coughs) I'm bored. Take the garbage out. You see, we've got to recognize, ladies and gentlemen, Be persuaded, embrace it, speak it with your mouth. Would you stand with me, please? You might wonder why I do this, but I want you to remember, and this is going to be a theme throughout the study of the book of Revelation, the blessedness of reading the blessedness of hearing and the blessing of doing what is spoken in this book. You're going to hear that as a theme, and we're going to be repetitive in a lot of these areas or redundant. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John who bore record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed. Say it one more time. Blessed. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand would you bow your heads with me please if you're here this morning and you have doubts about your relationship with God maybe you are not sure about your position as a Christian I want to encourage you this morning Don't leave this building. Don't shut this program down until you are absolutely sure of your relationship with Christ. Why? Because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you one question. Are you sure? about your relationship with christ if you say yes i am pastor that is great if you say no i'm not really sure pastor i want you to do something for me and just slip your hand up i'm not going to come to where you are i'm not going to embarrass you i'm not going to do anything of that sort i just want you to be honest with yourself pastor i am not sure about my relationship with christ thank you so much i see your hands now, I want to pray because there were there were hands that went up uh, in the building. I want to pray with you today, and it's going to be a simple prayer, but everything about Christ comes through faith, all right? So you must believe. So I want us to pray, and I want you to pray with me. I'm going to ask all of you just to repeat after me. And you say, Pastor, this is, this is just a prayer. Yes, it is. But I believe by faith that what I'm praying, God is listening to. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. And I want to know that you are my Lord. So Father, I confess my sins. I confess my failures. But I also confess that you are Lord. I believe... You died on the cross. I believe it's through your blood and only through your blood that I can be saved. So I come this morning repenting of my sins and asking you to come into my heart that I might know that I know that I'm a child of God. I thank you that you've heard my prayer. I rejoice right now because my name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Now listen, very simple prayer, but here's the thing. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to let somebody know what you did because we want to help you grow. And we want to see you mature as a child of God. So I want you to let somebody know, we're not going to pester you with, with letters and, and all those things. We just want to encourage you. We want to love you. And we're so glad. Just think about it. You kin to me now. I thought I'd get a few, at least a clap or something of like that. But that's all right. That's all right. <clears throat> Hallelujah! Y'all so kind to Bruce too. All right. Listen, we love you guys, and I'm so glad today to be able to pastor this place, to pastor this house. Because I was talking with a, a pastor, father figure uh, of mine this past week, and I was sharing with him some of the word that we've been preaching and some of the things that we've been saying. And one of the things that, that we talked about is you know that if you was in a lot of places, you'd get run off. And, and so I'm thankful to be able to preach what God gives me. Amen. And I want you to know that I love you and you're my family, and, and I love you, all right? So this morning, our usher is standing at the door to receive your tithe and offering, but I want you to hold your hand out just like this. If you've got your tithe and offering, you can get it. If you don't, that's fine, but I want you just to hold your hand out like you're about to receive something because I believe you are. And I'm going to let you go, I promise. Father, this morning, I speak your blessings over your people, over this house, over every man, every woman that's gathered here today, every family that's represented. I speak your blessings over them. I thank you today, Father, that the blessing of God flows downward. And, Father, I believe this morning that it is flowing downward in this place today. That, Father, it is flowing over the heads of women, mothers, grandmothers, fathers, and grandfathers, that it's flowing over them and running down, even as Psalm 133, to the skirts of their garment. I bless them today. I thank you that in the midst of struggle, they will be blessed. In the midst of lack, they will have plenty. In the midst of drought, they will have plenty the former, and the latter reign. I bless them today in the name of Jesus, and we give you praise. Amen.